Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, August 31st, the final day of August 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. I'm telling on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki, August slipped away it into is. a moment in time. It is, but try to remember the kind of September. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be September tomorrow. It's absolutely crazy. It's football season, which makes me very, yeah, very you know. happy. Um, but even more importantly, and something that makes me even more happy, is that not only is it football season... But Grace, for you, it's about yeah. to be legally blonde season. Legally blonde. It's time. Yes. So I, I feel like listeners know my love for legally blonde. They I feel like we've referenced the fact that you've never seen Legally Blonde. I do you know the any that like you don't like I'm By assuming the way, you the, know not the film. We all love the film. Right, 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 right. The musical. I assume you've just heard some of the songs by being in the the you know the community, but like do you know the score or is it like a six thing where you've avoided it because you haven't seen it? I think I've heard through social so many of the songs of that course. I would be able to sing along and I was called back for Brooke Wyndham once. Oh, okay. So it makes sense. Um but like I I know oh my god, you guys and um, is he gay or European? Which yeah, I they're right there is the name of the song. Yeah, it's a challenge. Um. Uh, I just we discussed that it's a it's a, it's a, that's a bit problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, I, but I but I feel like I know them. So we'll we'll see. But no, I've never listened to the album either. Okay, so you are recording. going you are going to be watching the uh, MTV Pro Tape probably on Wednesday night. Yeah, um, and I assume you'll be sharing some reactions to social. I have already demanded yeah nay required uh some insight into this viewing party so we'll get to that might have to do a live tweet and visual record because i want matt to witness the excitement and fear yeah the (laughs) fact that you're not you're doing it without me i'm honestly i'm a little insulted i'm a little perturbed by this but i you know i guess if you're not gonna do it with me doing it with abby to phillips makes sense right i guess (laughs) makes sense yeah, the woman who produced the Legally Blonde concert at 54 Below a year or so ago. Exactly, but anyway. yeah. All right, so let's get into the news. And we had a lot of Broadway news yesterday. And let's start off with the Manhattan Theater Club's announcement of a world premiere new play coming to the Samuel J. Friedman Theater, beginning previews on April 4th of 2023. This new play is called Summer 1976, written by Pulitzer Prize winner David Auburn, and it will be featuring the Tony Award and Academy Award nominee, Laura Linney. Always good to have her back on Mm. Broadway. It is being directed by Daniel Sullivan. And here's where all of these things come together, because Daniel Sullivan directed the original Broadway production of David Auburn's play, Proof, And he directed Lillian Hellman's The Little Foxes, which starred Laura Linney. So uh, lots of interconnections going on there. The the, the plot description reads, This deeply moving, insightful piece is about connection, memories, and the small moments that can change the course of our lives. Over one fateful summer, an unlikely friendship develops between Diana, a fiercely iconoclastic artist and single mom, and Alice, a free-spirited yet naive young housewife. So... Sounds great. Sounds interesting. Um, It will begin performances again uh, on April 4th at Samuel J. Friedman Theater. Additional casting as well as the opening night date will be announced soon. But having Laura Linney back on Broadway, a David Auburn play uh, on Broadway as well is always good. And I might throw in um, this play is based in is set in Ohio, where I am from and where you currently are. So I guess what's not to love? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Between Ohio State murders and this, like it's a lot of Ohio content for the year, and I'm kind of fine with that. 
Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, between between those two plays and the fact that I cover Ohio State football as well, lots of Ohio State uh, Ohio stuff going on for me, which is how I want it to be all the time. Um, but that is not the only play featuring an iconic star and a phenomenal director coming to Broadway this year because it was announced yesterday that the great Gabriel Byrne will be bringing his solo show, we know you love that, Walking with Ghosts to Broadway, beginning performances on October 18th, ahead of a October 27th opening night. Um, and that'll be playing for just 75 performances at the Music Box Theater, the current home of Dear Evan Hansen. Um, the, the show premiered earlier this year in Burns' native Ireland. It had a completely sold-out run, and it was a huge success at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, it will then have a limited run, uh, yeah, in about a week from now at the London's West End from September 7th through the 16th, 16th before coming to Broadway. Um, it's the description for this one is, by turns a sensory recollection of a childhood spent in a now almost vanished Ireland, a subversive commentary on stardom, and ultimately a lyrical homage to the people and landscapes that shape our destinies. Walking with Ghosts reflects a remarkable life's journey in all its hilarious and heartbreaking facets. Uh, Gabriel Byrne, one of the great stars of stage and screen, He's has two Tony nominations. He's got a Golden Globe. Um, he's been in like 80 films. And this one is directed by Lonnie Price, the always phenomenal Lonnie Price, oh, whether it's on stage yeah. or screen. Like this just feels like whether or not you're a solo show person, whether or not you're a Gabriel Byrne fan, like this just feels like it has all the makings of being like one of those really cool experiences in a fairly intimate Broadway house uh, that will really, really work. Yeah, full agree. I was really shocked to see this, but I was kind of excited by it, obviously, as I am whenever, you know, solo show comes into town. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And it's so interesting because, you know, it's, it's odd to see a solo show coming to Broadway from an actor and not like, a, you know, a, somebody who does solo shows as a like a Mike Birbiglia or something like that. Um, and, it right. not, and it not be part of like a subscription house like we had. Um, mm -hmm. The John Lithgow one from RTC or from from Roundabout. Um, we had the um, oh, what was the one last year from Manhattan Theater Club, or maybe it was two years ago by now. Oh, uh, you're talking no, about Lackawanna Blues. Yeah, Lackawanna Blues. I couldn't think of the name. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was from a subscription house. So this is a commercial run uh, of a show from like an acclaimed actor, but not somebody who would be like, right. oh. Mike Birbigli has got a show on Broadway. We've got to go see that. You know, it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a, an unusual conglomeration of factors here. Those are, that's a really good note because I never thought about that. You know, that it's that when you're taking a really big financial risk um, to do that commercially, ex, you know, outside of a subscription. So I'm very curious to see how that goes. But I'm also very supportive of how that goes. So yeah. uh, we'll see. Absolutely. Uh, all right. One more Broadway related piece of news. And this comes from the New York Post. So take it for what you will. Um, but there are apparently now rumors about a revival of Yasmina Reza's iconic play art coming to Broadway in the spring of 2023. This one would be helmed by Tony winner Matt, uh, Matthew Warchis and um, will be presumably playing the Schubert Theater. Um, Warchus originally helmed the show back in 1998, the original production. And this revival, interesting casting here. We can get into that. Um, but it, this one would star the always phenomenal Tony Shalhoub, the equally awesome John Leguizamo, 
and Alec Baldwin, which I feel like I have not paid yeah. super close details to to the details of like all of that narrative. But it feels like if you're trying to book a show with Alec Baldwin, he might be like legally occupied uh, come spring, right? Like, yeah, that's interesting was, to me. I was really, yeah, that I don't know if I can have a comment there. I was just like, this is a little challenging. Like, do we call this like a killer comedy? Oh, like, do what oh. do we do? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, what oh, guys, y'all read the room. Yeah. Ilaria could, it might be available. Ilaria. I don't know. Ilaria, oh my how God. do you say cucumber? Oh my um, no, so I'm not sure. Uh, interesting, interesting. Here, here for that. Over on my sports side of things, I did a whole podcast episode with my friend uh, Tia Johnston uh, about like informing her. Like she had no idea about the whole Ilaria Baldwin thing, like where his wife, who was born and raised in Boston, decided she was going to start speaking with a Spanish accent and convince people she was from Spain, but. Anyway, Alec Baldwin, of course, there are still local and I think federal investigations into the shooting death of a crew member on the uh, the film set Rust, which he was um, the star of and I believe an executive producer on. So we don't know what's going on with that. I, I just find this shocking. I, I know Alec Baldwin is a great stage and screen actor, but this just seems like, wow, Um I, I don't know. This just seems very bizarre to me. And if you're talking about calculated risks with bringing a Gabriel Byrne-led solo show to Broadway, like building a show around a very high-profile star who literally might be charged with manslaughter. I mean, and I don't. And like I said, I'm not following the details of this, so maybe they moved on. But last I heard, investigation was still ongoing. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's all I've got for that. Art's great, though. Originally starred Alan Alda, Victor Garber, and Alfred Molina. So, good group here. Wait, why are we bringing Alfred Molina back to the stage? Hello, Red. I, he does a lot of art-related stuff. Very true. Very yeah. true. And how about this? Can we get Frankie Grande playing Victor Garber in the revival of art? Oh, my gosh. That's iconic. It is. Has it Victor is. seen it, it? I don't know. It's not iconic, um, though. It is iconic. Iconic. There you go. Well done. <laughs> Well done. I'm glad you could see that joke before I got to it. But uh, all right, let's talk about your favorite segment of this week and every week. Last week's Broadway grosses. Overall, Broadway saw a 6% increase in its total grosses solely on the return of The Music Man following its pre-planned week off earlier in the month. The total receipts rose roughly $1.3 million, which, if you're factoring in The Music Man coming back, should tell you that there were substantial declines in other places. But overall, Broadway's total receipts came in at $23,513,592. Attendance did rise 2% to 186,077 butts in seats, and the average ticket price did increase a bit to $126.36. After its week off, The Music Man brought in $2,716,507, of course, the most on Broadway. We'll get to that here in a second. Other than that, you know, unique situation where they took a week off, only three other shows saw week-to-week -week increases. The Kite Runner picked up just under $11,000. Mr. Saturday Night, which was actually probably the, the, the one show that had the biggest increase, you know, 
normally um, jumped nearly 125k, and then Dear Evan Hansen was uh, technically the show that had the biggest increase. It climbed 317,298 dollars, but the previous week they'd only done six shows, so that needs a little bit of an asterisk on its own. The biggest dipper of all was actually Into the Woods, which dropped over $466,000. And I can't for the life of me figure out what happened other than a lot of shows dropped. And maybe because it was such a hot ticket, it dropped a lot. But it played all eight shows last week. But it did have a pretty steep decline in attendance, going from 100.4% capacity in the previous frame to just 93.75% last week. Kind of strange. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. But the other shows that lost six figures last week in descending order were Wicked, Aladdin, Lion King, Beetlejuice, Cursed Child, and Hamilton. So clearly a lot of those family-friendly, touristy-type shows. Uh, maybe it was like the last hurrah mid-August of people coming in with families on summer breaks, and then that's gone. So a lot of those big shows uh, you know, saw hits. But unsurprisingly, the... Uh, the Music Man, after its week off, led the way, as I said earlier, with $2.7 million. It was followed by Hamilton at 2.07, The Lion King at 1.8, MJ at 1.73, and Into the Woods still did pretty well at 1.62. The rest of the seven-figure club in descending order was Wicked, Cursed Child, Moulin Rouge, Aladdin, Dear Evan Hansen, and Six. Um, down at the other end of the scale, of course, unsurprisingly, is the only play currently running on Broadway. The Kite Runner, despite its 11K increase, was at just $287,649. There was another substantial jump up to Chicago, uh, and then another fairly sizable $83,000 jump up to Funny Girl, then a strange loop, and come from away. Grace, do you have any thoughts on what could have happened on why there was such a ginormous dip in in the Into the Woods receipts, or is it just... It was a hot, hot ticket. Prices might have been a little inflated at the end of the summer. Uh, yeah, and then, then people left. As a consumer, that's what I saw. Um, and then also like the changeover, like anybody that was going to see the last bit of that run, because again, it was extended, right? Like it was supposed to that's end true. earlier. And yeah, so the people that were going to go back, if they hadn't seen it already or they hadn't seen it at all, um, were like, oh, I'm going to go see the final week of those people. Right. And then, yeah. or they're like excited about the, the changeover cast. So yeah. I think that, and, and we know that there's a huge dip in, in tourism as well because school is getting started again. So yeah, well, that's where and, I'm at. yeah. In the previous week, not last week, but the week before that it was coming off of, that was when the original run was supposed to end. So right. they might've had higher ticket sales because they thought it was going to be that week. So before they announced the extension, they might've jacked up the the, the, the prices on those. So that could that that makes sense. I hadn't thought of that because the the current cast is running through this weekend. But because they'd originally said that the closing had been the previous week, I wouldn't be surprised if that dynamic pricing had bumped up tickets, you know, fairly significantly before. All right, a few other pieces of information that I wanted to get into. Yesterday, Netflix announced a whole slew of release dates for its fall film schedule. A lot of films, including things like White Noise and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, not to be confused with Pinocchio coming to Disney+, Plus, they got release dates, many of them both in theaters and on streaming. For our purposes, the one that we're going to talk about is Raul Dahl's Matilda the Musical, which will be released in select theaters beginning on December. December 9th, and then we'll hit the streaming service beginning 
on December 25th on Christmas. There will be different rollout dates across the country. It'll actually come to um, the UK and Ireland a week earlier than here in the United States on December 2nd, and it will have its actual world premiere at the BFI London Film Festival on October 5th. But I, I don't know that we've ever talked about Matilda. I really, really like Matilda. I'm a big, big um, fan of not Tim only speaking, I would say Matthew Warchus, who we talked about earlier, who was the director, but also Tim Minchin, um, who I've interviewed here on Broadway Radio, but love him, mm-hmm. love his work on like him being on stage and like doing his own stuff, yep. but then also his writing. And I know you love Groundhog Day, so. Well, the reason I even knew about Groundhog Day was because I was invited to a Sirius XM event with fans of Matilda, for which I was a huge fan, mm-hmm. um, to see Tim Minchin talk uh, with the audience and, and perform some of the songs from the show. And then at the very end, he said, I have a special treat. Um, I'm working on this new musical of Groundhog Day. And everyone started to laugh. And he was like, no, but like, it's going to really? be good. <laughs> and then he played Seeing You and the entire audience started to cry. Yeah. And I have this like very warm memory of that. So I'm a huge fan of Tim and Matilda in general. So yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So good. And if you haven't watched some of his old, like he, there was a comedy special and I don't remember if it was on Showtime or HBO or whatever, but um, I think it was at the O2 in London. I mean, just some of the funniest, smartest stuff I've ever seen. Just so brilliant. And it's such a genuinely nice guy when I talk to him. And he was in Australia and I was in, you know, here in Florida and completely different time, you know, differences and stuff. But just a, a lovely, warm guy. And I, I really enjoy everything he does. Um, also, the reason you are in Cleveland, you are seeing the national tour of Frozen one last time before a certain snowman decides to uh, pack it up and head back to New York. But on Tuesday, they announced a new group of folks coming in to not only replace Olaf, but a number of other people. The royal family of Aaron Dale, Caroline Bowman, and Lauren Nicole Chapman will be staying on as Elsa and Anna, respectively, but they will be joined by a bunch of new principal cast members, including Jeremy Davis as Olaf, Dominic Dorsett as Kristoff, Will Savarese as Hans, Evan Duff as the Duke of Weaseltown, ah, sorry, Wesselton, um, and then Colin Baja and Dan uh, Playhall, I think, alternating Colin as... Colin Baja. Baja. I always wanted to say Baja Blast and Baja Blast. So yes, okay. that is Colin. Okay. Colin, who has been a Sven for now three years, is staying on to still awesome. be Sven. He's incredible. So yeah. Very cool. So uh, tell me, you because obviously you know a lot of these people and a lot of what's going on with the Frozen tour. So any insight into this? Yeah, Jeremy Davis, who's taking over the role of Olaf, um, has been covering that role since Broadway. He oh, and wow. his wife now are both in the show, which is incredible. Oh, great. Um, yeah, she's coming into the ensemble as well. She's been staying on as like a swing understudy. Like she's just, she's been incredible throughout the whole thing because hello, she was like joining him on tour anyways. And it was like, hey, um, also you're an incredible mover, dancer, singer. Like she did on stage on Broadway. So um, yeah, so that Jeremy taking on the role full time is going to be really exciting. But I just met Dominic. He's another... Michigan kid all these all these new people are like babies and this is like their first big you know um contract essentially so yeah. I'm I'm thrilled for a lot of these people I've met almost all of them and they are so kind and generous and I want to say like I am excited by how many people of color that I'm seeing in this principal cast as well Great. um it's the first time I think that there's been like a Southeast Asian actor in the young on a role um there's just there's a lot of really great stuff happening I met the Duke of Weaseltown as you said last night <laughs> 
he's excellent uh, because those are big shoes to fill with um, oh, yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy Morse leaving. Yeah. You know, I have a soft spot for Jeremy Morse. And if you all saw him in Waitress, which I'm sure you did as Ogie, either on tour or on Broadway, you know, the, or, the New York scene in, misses or him. Or in Cambridge, yeah. Or in Cambridge, yeah. I mean, he's he's an incredible person and performer. So all the people that are coming in are so genuine and kind, and uh, it'll be it'll be great. So if you're on the West Coast or whatever, and you're <laughs> wanting to see Frozen, you're going to see a good group of people. Awesome. Uh, the last thing in here, I just want to point you to it. We're running on 20 minutes. So I just want to point you to an interview that Patty Lapone did with Page Six, talking about her brother, Robert Lapone, who passed away over the weekend after a three-year battle with pancreatic cancer. She talked about, as she called him, a, a dancer unparalleled and starting back when he would do like a dance recital in a hula skirt when he was seven and she was four. And she talks about seeing life-size pictures of him on display in the photo gallery at Juilliard where they both went to school. Um, so really lovely remembrance of her brother. And, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. But um, Grace, I put you on the spot before we started recording and um, asked you if you had a recommendation. We've had 20 minutes for you to think about it. Do you have anything to recommend? Yeah, absolutely. Real quick, if you really enjoy the SheNYC virtual festival because you like to have accessible theater, just know that the SheATL festival is also mm -hmm. going virtual starting next week. So if you want to see a bunch of shows, if you're at home and you're not able to go see shows, um, it just every, anywhere that you live, um, you can watch all of these brand new playwrights. Uh, one I want to recommend is You're a Weirdo, Annie Best by Aaron <laughs> Shea Brady. Uh, it's it's kind of like a Nora Ephron film flipped on its head, um, st uh, you know, that takes place in Chicago. I mean, could you name a more perfect show? Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah. So if you want to get virtual tickets to any of those things, make sure you go to shenycarts.org slash she dash ATL. So yeah, there you I'll go. I'll put the link in that because that was a little messy and giving out the URL. You want to, you didn't really nail that ad read very well. I'm sorry. I need a script. I know. I'm sorry. All right, that's all that we have for you today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.